Hello and welcome. Today I am particularly excited. I, I have said that before, but today I am very excited to have a friend from overseas and it's Mike Payton, who I know is referred to as Payton, and he is a speaker, author and EOS implementer. Now for our normal audience, which is sports medicine, this is slightly different to that, but I, I just, I'm such a believer in, in uh, what we're going to talk about today that I thought it'd be worthwhile sharing on the platform. So Peyton, thank you for joining. Uh, great to be here, Andy. Thanks for having me. And just to give some context to people, because again, normally it's physios, doctors that I'm, I'm chatting with. Um, really the mission for Physiquip and, and, and for me is how we help businesses. So that's with clinical need, with technology, with education, but really it's about helping people progress in whatever business they're doing. So that's a real big driver for me. And reading the books that you, you're you involved with and EOS has made a massive difference to the business, but also my life and the team's lives. So thank you for that. Well, thank you for sharing that. That's uh, that's the reason we do this work, so. Brilliant. Can you just give a quick overview about you, know, you and just like what you, what you currently do, and then we'll dig into a bit of how you got there. Yeah, what I do um, and have done for 17 years is I help the people who own and run entrepreneurial companies get more of what they want from their businesses. Um, run better businesses, get better results, live more balanced, more comfortable lives, feel more confident in the future. That's what EOS, the Entrepreneurial Operating System, helps business owners and leadership teams do. Right, great. No, thanks for that. And then, so, so for you, then, where are you from originally, and, and how did you get involved in this this, this yeah. journey? <laughs> it's a long and winding road, as it is for most entrepreneurs. I uh, I grew up in a household with uh, parents who were entrepreneurial and grandparents who were teachers. And uh, when I graduated from college, I decided to work in uh, larger businesses and not pursue an entrepreneurial track that led me to a, a brief banking career where I found I loved spending time with all my clients and maybe didn't love as much spending time with other bankers. Um, and so after about a dozen years of, of learning about the art and science of running great businesses and getting great results as a banker, I uh, pursued my own entrepreneurial uh, path by going to work for one of my clients who was an entrepreneur. And that was the first of four experiences I had running or helping run an entrepreneurial company. Uh, two of those were great successes. Two were frustrating failures. Um, and, you know, in hindsight, I'm more grateful for the failures than I am the successes because that's where you learn who you really are and, and what you need to do to get better. And, uh, and in my case, it also led me to discover EOS. The last uh, business opportunity was a chance to run a $7 million company for a founding entrepreneur who wanted to partner with me and take the company to the next level. And, and three days in, I knew I had made a terrible mistake and, and we were like oil and water and unable to, you know, collaborate and grow the company together. And in my zeal to fix that problem, I read the first printing of the book Traction written by my business partner and friend, Gino Wickman and um and fell in love with it and and that was as i say about 17 years ago and very quickly discovered that this is what i was put on the planet to do and how did you come across the book uh so a neighbor of mine 
um, was one of Gino's earlier early clients. He's actually written up in uh, in the book Traction, and uh, he was sitting around chatting with me about our respective businesses one day and said, "Oh, that sounds a little frustrating. Let me give you this book." And and uh, the rest is history. And then just going back into that, the financial period that you have when you're working there. How helpful was that for you in in when you were going into these senior leadership positions? Yeah, it was it was interesting because I was a private banker, which meant I had a personal relationship with the people who own or were you know leaders of these entrepreneurial companies, and so I was was able to connect with the people as much as or maybe even more than the business. And so I've always kind of pictured those two things together. Um, and so it's really given me, you know, I know my way around a, a balance sheet and a, and a, and a profit and loss statement, but I, but I really am drawn to, you know, what are the leadership qualities that allow somebody to build and scale a successful business? And what, what's the difference between running a great business and living a great life? And, and, you know, one of the things I've discovered in this work is you don't have to sacrifice one for the other. And that's what's exciting about this stuff. And it was exciting to me back then. I was drawn to the people who, you know, kept their business in perspective and, and you know, were, were able to enjoy the little things in life that people who aren't obsessive entrepreneurs like I am uh, are able to enjoy. So, so I've, I've learned a lot from my clients and I've learned a lot from this journey and I'm grateful for that. Yeah, I can imagine go, going into various different institutions and helping them. Um, so when you so you, you read the book, you're working in this organization. Like, what was the? How did you implement this? Like, what was the plan? Yeah, so um, so traction included a bunch of concepts and 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 tools that were either right aligned or very similar to things I was already trying to do. I've always been a leader who believes you. You find great people. You you create clarity of purpose and and role and and you turn them loose to go do amazing work and and that was a cultural uh, difference to the organization I was part of a little more command and control that I was familiar with and so you know I was trying to get my business partner to to understand that to take the company to the next level we needed to do things a little bit differently. And so I was trying to make those changes within the organization. At the same time, I was starting to understand that it was probably going to be very difficult for the culture to change in a way where I would be a good fit. And for the record, there's nothing wrong with the culture that my business partner and and the owner of the and founder of the company was creating. I just was a misfit for that culture. And so that was the other thing. It kind of really galvanized for me how important it is to really understand not just what the business is trying to do and and how its revenues are growing and you know whether it's profitable or sustainable how the customers feel about what you deliver what's really important for you to understand when you're plugging yourself into an organization like that is are the way the people who run the business hardwired similar enough to the way you're hardwired that you're going to be a fit there's no right or wrong there it's just you know if you're not a fit nothing good is going to come from that and so that was the biggest lesson i think 
And then so, so how long did it take for you to start to see sort of benefits from, from like, for, I know you're realising maybe you're not a fit for it, but like, what, what, what was that, the actual outcomes of those things? Yeah, well, the, in that situation, the outcome was, I would say things like, you know, I think it would be really helpful if we clarify everybody's roles in the organization and and create a set of standards and results we're hoping they hit every day so that every day, week, month, and year, they can go home knowing whether they've done a great job or not. And my business partner would say, no, no, we don't want to do that. Then they'll be in charge, right? So so there wasn't any uptick from that. And I find that frustrating. Like I'm a continuous improvement. You know, let's get everybody on board here. You know, like a, like, like a sports team, the, the folks you work with every day, you know, I want to win more games than we lose. And I want the teammates to feel like they own and are a vital part of that experience. And so I wasn't having that. And that's why uh, the relationship kind of devolved and, and, and both my business partner and I knew it, it had to, had to go a different direction. And yeah, yeah, that's I think that is really interesting. And as I'm passionate, we're in the sports science, that's my background, but I'm really passionate about helping people and businesses, but fundamentally it's people. So in terms of that, the, organizations that you feel like the traction and that series helps with and process your book like how would that work say in any institution or, or is there a, like a, an, an ideal group company that you think it works best with like football teams for example how beneficial could it be for that yeah so a, a well-run club is is applying a lot of the principles and traction right it's got a clear vision of the future it works hard to get everybody involved in the organization clear on what we're trying to accomplish, who we are at the core, where we'd like to go long term. It expresses clarity of purpose and specific roles for everybody in the organization. And then it has an, an, a mindset of execution and continuous improvement. OK, that's what a well-run football club does. That's what a well-run business does. That's what EOS is. It brings a framework for that clarity of vision, execution with accountability and discipline, and then making everybody in the organization a more healthy, cohesive member of a team that's aligned around that vision, willing to execute on it with discipline and accountability. That's what EOS brings to the table. And it's just a framework for doing that. So, you know, the best managers in the world um, you know, Jurgen Klopp just resigned a couple of days ago or said he was going to resign a couple of days ago. He brought all of that to his club. And perhaps that existed at Liverpool before Klopp got there. And he just was the perfect puzzle piece to get in. But that's what EOS is. It's a framework for that. And you need great people like great managers to, to be able to do that well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And that, yeah, referring to that, like also like some of the private clinics, that's really our bread and butter as to who we work with. Right. And it's like these people that are running their own businesses and it's their money. And it's really you, you get you're invested, literally invested in what you're doing. And that's our target market, Andy, is is your real question is what what was EOS built for? And Gino built EOS for privately held companies that have between 10 and 250 employees who owners are whose owners are growth oriented open minded want help 
realize that change is inevitable and want to drive change. They're, they're more afraid of the status quo than they are of change. That's what EOS was built for. There are definitely lots of companies that are larger than 250 employees or smaller than 10 employees, but almost all of them are entrepreneurs who have built something amazing, but they're stuck and they're frustrated and they find themselves doing way too many day-to-day things or cleaning up messes and and not able to enjoy the fruits of their labor to the to their own satisfaction. That's what EOS was built for. Uh, yeah, and I think that's what I really like about it is that you see a lot of things on social media of, right, you need to do this in your business, you need to do this, whereas reading this book in particular, Traction and Get a Grip, just they really changed my whole way. And it'd be helpful cause I, for, to talk through like the visionary and implementer and some of the titles that are involved in that, because I think the, the clients that we work with, a lot of them are that visionary. They're a very good physio. They've built it around them. So they're the business and then trying to scale that and trying to develop it and get them away, either doing the bit of planning that they want to do or do they want to be treating and trying to figure those things out. I think that would really help a lot of people that have got their own physiotherapy or rehab practice to yeah, grow or, or develop. You bet. Yeah. So, um, you know, most entrepreneurial companies are founded by by the types of personalities you'd refer to as a visionary. Okay, Elon Musk would be today's version of the, the classic visionary, Richard Branson, you know, classic visionary. You know, these are builders, creators, disruptors, imaginers of a better future. They come to every meeting with 40 ideas, you know, 28 of them are not worth the paper they're written on, but but the other ones might take us to the next level tomorrow and, and man, allow us to create something really amazing. And, and to build a successful business from scratch, you need that kind of, you know, motivation. You know, I always say, if you want to motivate a visionary, tell them something's not possible, okay? And that, then they'll just go out and prove that it's possible. So, when you're building a successful business from scratch, you need that. You need resourcefulness. You need you need fierce will and determination. At some point in the growth of every organization, the mindset of I'm just going to say yes to everything that's even remotely close to what I know how to do and then go figure out how the hell to deliver on that. You start needing to get better at day-to-day execution, at mundane task completion, at meeting deadlines, hitting numbers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can't create your way to success forever. And for some companies, that's when you get to five employees. For some, it's 25. For some, it's 100. For some, you can be visionary-driven until you get to 250 and everything's still great. But at some point, you need someone who's really good at execution to join your team and help you learn to say yes to the things that are going to take you to the moon and no to the things that are going to drag you down and to help drive day-to-day execution. So another thing I'll say from time to time is visionaries love building things and integrators love keeping the trains running on time. You ask a visionary to make sure the trains are always running on time. Ah, I need somebody else for that. Once I think something's possible, I think we're already done with it. Why do I have to keep working on it, right? And so that's the visionary integrator, which is a concept we teach when we're teaching one of the six key components in the EOS model, 
We believe great businesses are strong in the vision component, people component, data component, issues component, process component, and uh, traction component. And people component is probably the driver of the highest level of confusion and frustration in all entrepreneurial companies because people are frustrated. Yeah, well, I think for me, just as the business owner and like you know, referring to yourself as a visionary can sometimes feel a little bit, you know, like yeah, you know, yeah. a bit of imposter syndrome. But anyway, that's that's what it is. Yeah, and it's like, well, but Emily, who's our general manager, and she's the classic implementer. So it's like, right, she does stuff. She's very happy to say no to me, which is a good, it's a good skill. Um, and we've got you know, all all the members of our team. They're all really driven, and they just this. The traction book really helped us give a roadmap as to where you want to get to as well and like where the people sat within that. And it really I think it was motivational for them. Yeah, I'm really glad you said that, because one of the problems you sometimes see in a successful entrepreneurial company is there is a natural visionary type and visionary isn't you calling yourself Richard Branson. OK, visionary is just you trend to the next idea. What well, you know. Why can't we do that? What if we did it this way? The more creative, daring, risk-taking type of decision-making, whereas integrators are more, you know, let's build a process, let's evaluate data, let's figure this out in a logical pattern, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But one of the problems EOS can help a company solve, if you have a great visionary type person on your staff and you have a great integrator type person on your staff, in a lot of organizations, because you haven't clarified the differences of those roles, if you're not careful, you can create the perception that we're co-running the company together and we're not really clear who's in charge. So what can happen in those organizations is the people on the staff learn to ask the person they think is going to give them the answer they want each of the questions, right? So I'll go ask the visionary if I want to take a risk and I'll go ask the integrator if I want us to just focus on execution. And so when you clarify the visionary and integrator roles, it just helps everybody in the organization know who's accountable for what, who makes the final call when we don't all agree. It helps create a sense of team versus individual inside a growing organization. And that's just absolutely essential as you get to five, 25 or 100 employees. That's what we're trying to help you do. Mm, yeah, well, I'd be interested in your perspective as well on that for the market that we're working with, which is that clinician. And sometimes they can be quite, it might be a one man operation. Um, and, but they, and also when they say grow, to me, I've changed my perspective on what I want my company to be is we want to develop and progress rather than we want to get as big as possible. It's trying to do better rather than just bigger. Yeah. We talk about growth as external or internal. And external is, you know, revenue or turnover growth. Um, pro maybe profit growth might be internal versus external, but I hope you're focusing on that because that's the, you know, that's the final score on the scoreboard. Um, but yeah, internal and external growth are the drivers for most entrepreneurs and both are important for sure. And so what would you say then to it? Let's just give an example of um, a private physiotherapy clinic in this instance three person they've got one person that runs it uh, what's the first thing that you would suggest that they should do yeah i i think it, it, when i'm working with a brand new client 
the first thing we do isn't strengthen the vision component of the business. The first thing we do is implement what we call the tools that help you get traction. The, the foundational tools of EOS are the vision traction organizer, which is the place where we articulate clearly our company's vision and plan. But we do that second. What we do before that is we work on the other EOS foundational tools which help you gain accountability and discipline in the organization. It's an accountability chart where you clarify the important roles in the organization and make sure everybody knows at a high level without a three-page job description what you're really wanting them to be accountable for every day. And, and it also helps clarify for yourself what the highest and best use of, of your talents and skills and experiences are. So that's what we teach first, the accountability chart. We also help teams of three to a million people clarify their priorities using something we call a rock sheet. A rock is just a 90-day business goal that's clearly written so we all know what done looks like and it's got a single owner and we're gonna hold that person accountable or be accountable for executing on that priority every 90 days we create a 90-day world for the organization using that tool and then we teach a three-person team how to run a more effective business meeting shorter more efficient more productive designed to help you smoke out issues that are holding your business back and solve those issues for the long-term greater good that's called a level 10 meeting and a tool we call ids and then we build a weekly scorecard that helps you hit the numbers that are important to achieving your monthly, quarterly, and annual goals. And when we implement those tools in a small business, it just helps bring a little bit of systemization, discipline, and accountability to a group of people so that they can keep score and make progress every week rather than feeling like they're running on a hamster wheel and never making any progress. And then after we've got that stuff up and running, then we work on the vision. Because once we've got the accountability in place and the clarity of roles in place, we can actually execute on the vision once we've clarified it and articulated. Yeah, no, I think that's really good. I think the takeaway that I thought from the team when we gave that, that accountability piece to show where we're at now, where, we, where we're going in a year, two years, and then that longer term picture, that's just exciting, isn't it? If you can say, actually, this is where we're going and that's where I could be involved with the company rather than just being right, yeah. well, we're just going along. Yeah, well, if you think about it, it's the difference between going out for a nice row in your own boat, not really caring where you're going or being in a race. You know, you and, and when when you've got a crew team in a boat pointing for that buoy 800 meters away and they're all working together to achieve something they're going faster they're making fewer mistakes they're operating as a well-oiled machine when we're all out for our own little row we're not going anywhere the level of effort isn't as good the results aren't as good that's what we're trying to do is just bring a little bit of structure discipline accountability and execution to the program without killing the entrepreneurial spirit of the organization yeah, well, I think it helps with it, doesn't it? That's thing you're giving that structure to allow you to be free and to 
be that's what I find is that like time blocking for me to be creative at certain times and then you know yeah. you've got to do certain things yeah well you 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 a little bit of pain now creates a lot of gain in the future so you need to engage enough to create that structure discipline accountability strengthen your process component and then once you've built that machine you are freed up to be the visionary leader the big relationship builder and maintainer the imaginer of a better future all of those things when you're stuck in the weeds talking to frustrated customers or or dealing with staff issues or you know have feeling like you have to sweep the shop floor because nobody else will do it that's when you get tired and frustrated as a visionary entrepreneur or a leader of a three-person team it's frustrating it definitely is and that just you mentioned all about the rocks and the level 10 meeting and uh, well just the different things a scorecard there like it does excite me because we're we're using all of these now so we've yeah. we've been doing it since i think it was august that we, we we did start implementing it so again i'm i'm not on a payroll of anything to do with uh with the traction series and aos but i'm just i've read hundreds of professional development books and we're we're using so much of this and it really has helped with everyone not just me as the, the owner so I, I really would recommend getting involved with like traction get a grip as a starting point i'm working through i don't know if you it's a bit blurred there there we go process process which is mike's book that he wrote with um lisa gonzalez and that is our next bit now is like right we need our processes in place for how we do this um like I'm a, I'm a big fan of um the the e-myth revisited and it's yeah. a similar sort of yeah. concept isn't it it's like you need to get everything run as though you're a massive company for, for to help you develop yeah my, uh, michael gerber calls it your franchise operating model in in the e-myth what is the way we're going to do things day in and day out at our company. So we're generating consistently exceptional results because again, I don't know where it's gonna be for your uh, listeners. It might be three employees, it might be 30, it might be 300, but at some point, everybody doing it their own way, even if it's just slightly different than the way everybody else is doing it, just becomes so much harder to manage and so much harder to ensure you're creating a consistent experience for your employees and your customers that you lose track and you and you get stuck and so that's why the the book process was or process was so important for me is i want to free people who built something amazing up to be their unique selves and if you're stuck in the weeds you can't do that yeah and i, I think that i believe this with a lot of companies is that they will have a lot of what is needed to to get your vto already like we we were doing a lot of it with vision with mission with values all of this that just it brought it into a one document yeah well and because it's a framework it's easier to get everybody else on the same page so if you're if you're a founding entrepreneur and you have a clear sense of what you're trying to accomplish and what you want everybody on your team to to do to contribute to that vision then having a framework where they can participate in the creation and execution of that vision without you having to teach them every little aspect of how to do it is really helpful. It's just, it gets everybody on the same page. It clarifies for everyone what kind of game we're playing and what kind of rules we need to play by so that we can focus on the stuff rather than the framework, if that makes sense. 
No, no, it definitely does. Definitely does. And so what, what are the plans for, for you and EOS? Like what, what have you got coming up? Yeah, well, EOS has grown by leaps and bounds since uh, I met Gino 17 years ago. There were there were uh, five of us in the room back in the day, and uh, today there are almost 800 professional implementers around the world, literally on every continent, um, and and uh, it's continuing to grow by leaps and bounds. My plan is to continue being a uh, offer of talks and workshops around the world, creating content that helps entrepreneurs and working with my stable of clients, uh, mostly here in the Twin Cities uh, in Minnesota, in the United States. Um, but I'm lucky in that I get to fly around the world and share EOS with great audiences full of business owners. So I love doing that as well. Oh, amazing. And then so when you're looking for, say, an implementer or a member of the team, what, what characteristics are you looking for in people? We were talking before we came on about people and that. what, what are you looking for? Yeah. So so, you know, our core values, uh, you know, from a culture fit standpoint, it's 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 help first. You know, people who are driven to help others make great EOS implementers. Um, it's it's grow or die. You know, you 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 got to constantly be wanting to learn, grow, sharpen your saw, get better every day. It's a lifelong journey. You're never going to achieve mastery. That makes for a great EOS implementer. Uh, it's do what you say. Um, we we teach accountability for a living. So if we don't model accountability, um, you're not going to be particularly successful. Um, it's do the right thing. We have a very high level of trust with our clients and we would never do anything to violate that trust. We get inside their leadership team and and see all of the craziness that goes on in a typical entrepreneurial organization. And, and uh, so that's really helpful. So those things are important. And then, you know, you need to kind of understand the, the, the underpinnings of an entrepreneurial company. You need to know what it feels like to be a member of a leadership team or a or a owner of an entrepreneurial company and genuinely wanna wanna help entrepreneurs succeed. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, that, that well, that all resonates with me. It's uh, I'm, I'm definitely a big big fan of all of that. And uh, I've got my own answer to this, but what would you say? I'm going to give that as well because I've I've gone through it. But like, what would you say um, to people that are interested in understanding more about EOS and and how it could work for them? Yeah. So first of all, I will welcome anybody reaching directly out to me. Like I said, there's nothing I like more than helping entrepreneurs get what they want from their businesses. And I'm sure you'll provide all my contact information in the show notes. But EOS uh, Worldwide built a wonderful website designed to help people get access to the stuff we're talking about today, really at no charge. Um, So EOSWorldwide.com is the best place to start. Your your listeners can actually uh, find me on that site if they look hard enough. Um, but they're also going to get access to implementers around the world that might be in their own backyard that are experts in this system. And I'd say reach out to a local implementer and and have a conversation with them about your business and about how EOS works. And if it feels like a fit, dive in. It's a wonderful journey. It isn't easy. We always say it's simple, but it's but it's not easy, um, and it can help. What, what I do want your listeners to know is it's not your lot in life to never feel like you're giving enough to your business and your family 
and your other passions, it is possible to run a great business and live a great life. And if you're not able to figure out how to do that on your own, we're all here to help. Is that as a visionary, even when things appear to be going well, everyone is telling you things are going well. You then get something comes up which may or may not be massive, but it genuinely hits me hard. And it's like, oh, my God, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. Well, well, now you're starting to administer therapy because when I was the visionary for EOS Worldwide, you described just about every other day that organization with a great leadership team was performing exceptionally well. We went from 60 professional implementers to over 300 in a five-year run between 2015 and, and 2020. And yet, as well as things were going, we're hitting our numbers, we're completing our goals and rocks, where our leadership team is healthy, et cetera. It was absolutely difficult for me to not spend every other day worried about the one little piece of evidence that we weren't perfect. And so the root cause of that is a, is a little bit of perfectionism. It's, it's a classic achievers tend to, to the perfectionist side of things. We're driven, we wanna be great. We're, we're looking for evidence we're not great so we know what we need to work on next, okay? But it's also the lack of consistent regular feedback about how well we're performing. And that is one of the things EOS brings to the table is with a weekly scorecard telling you you're hitting your numbers, with a weekly rock review telling you that your team is making a suitable progress on the things you would like to get better at. And at the end of the quarter, they're gonna be done with an important project that moves the business forward. When you get those weekly reminders that you're on the right path, it's much easier to focus on pro progress rather than perfection, and you're able to let that go. Now, full disclosure, you are still gonna have bad days. You're still gonna spiral into depression because a buddy says they had a less than perfect interaction with a member of your customer service team, and you think the business is gonna fail the next day, that you're, if you're a successful entrepreneur, you're stuck with that, but that's gonna happen less and less often when you implement a system or a framework like EOS. Yeah, no, well, that can definitely, definitely does resonate with that. And it's just like, oh, what? Well, then I agree the scorecard is really helpful because then it's like, actually, I can see what it was 10 weeks ago and where we're at now. And it's like, what, what am I talking about? Uh, my business coach, Dan Sullivan, who runs a, an organization called Strategic Coach, refers to this concept as the gap and the gain. Great leaders are always focused on the gap between where they are today and where they'd like to get 90 days or a year from now. And that's healthy and it's a driver of amazing accomplishments. But if you don't spend time reflecting on the journey and the progress you've made, it also can be very dangerous from a mental wellness standpoint. And so what he's urging his students to do and what I try and help my clients do is focus on the progress, celebrate success, enjoy the journey. It, it Of course, you're always going to have issues. Apple spits out $100 billion of positive cash flow every year. They got a million issues. Okay, that's what a, running a business or managing a team is all about, is helping you get better every day. You're never going to be perfect. Well, this made, without doubt, the biggest impact on me from a practical perspective. Sometimes you learn 
about different theories or things that you think, yeah, that's cool. Whereas with this, it was practical, it was a framework, and it really helped bring everything together. So from my perspective, thank you for, to, to you and the team for doing that, because it's been great for me and, and, and my team. You're most welcome. And, uh, you know, Gino and I talk regularly, and both of us say you can never hear thank you enough from a, a group of people that you care about and, and you want to help. So I appreciate you sharing that. Andy. No problem. No problem. And yeah, when you're over, I know you're a big Man U fan, which may may render all of this irrelevant to some people. But you know. <laughs> and lots of people. And trust me, they're not shy about telling me that. Yeah. Well, so how, how, you, how have you found the last 10, 10 or so years for, for Man U then? Well, you know, I became a Man U fan when Sir Alex was in his heyday. Uh, and Scolzi and Giggs were uh, running around the pitch. So it has been a rough couple of years, but, um, you know, I'm I'm loyal. And so I'm going to stay loyal as hard as it can be from time to time. I'm also a Cleveland Browns in an, the American Football uh, League and a Minnesota Vikings fan, and nothing is more frustrating than that. So Man U is comparatively good. <laughs> Very good. No, look, really appreciate your time, Peyton. And hopefully we'll see you in the in the UK soon. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Happy to get over there. We were there earlier this season and we'll and we'll be back. So uh I will definitely look you up and hope we get a chance to share a beverage in person. Absolutely. Great. Thanks, Peyton. Thanks for your time.